1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you are. This is David Sammel with a special episode. This is an episode where I'll be talking mindset and tennis with John Silk from Talking Tennis, which we're going to do at various times during the year, especially during major tennis tournaments. Enjoy!
0: Touched on, um, on on approaches to matches, and we also touched on it even even in today's show of of how you deal with certain mental challenges. And I think probably to the casual observer like myself, you know, we do wonder what is it what is it like walking out on the hallowed turf at, at Wimbledon, for example, uh, whether you're on center court or elsewhere, it and it, whether you're ranked eight hundred or or two, or one. It's it's all can be very new and can be very anxious. But also, you could be at the end of your career and have a, a different kind of pressure. And you know, I think many of us just casual observers know what we're like on the day of our driving test. And I remember myself my my foot is like this on the clutch pedal, and and uh, and and you sort of just want it all to be over and done with. Well, of course. As a tennis player, you don't you sort of have this mixture of uh, or a sports star in general, you know, you, you don't want it over and done with because you're supposed to enjoy this driving test, you're not necessarily supposed to enjoy. We all <laughs> yeah. understand that. But 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 this is what we're we're here for. What what do you do as a as a coach? I mean, you have coached dozens of players over dozens of big matches, uh over all the biggest tournaments in the world. What do you sense stuff on the day of the you know the first round at a major or or, or second or third round against a, a a Boris Becker or whoever you're coming up against? Do you, do you, do you sort of go? I think I know how my guy is feeling. I think I know what to do. And yeah, just talk us through that.
1: Yeah, I think um, first round is very different from the rest of the tournament. Uh, first round, everybody is very apprehensive. It's, it's it's difficult, but you do get a sense that if the player is in a, in a really good place, that as long as they put their game on the court, they're going to play a good match. And if they play a good match, they've got a good chance of winning. And that's a nice place to be. Um, there are times when you're going into a first round where the player's either a little undercooked or the form has not leading up into a majors not being good uh, and and then you're you're much more nervous about the unknown quantity of what the player is going to put out on the court and you've got to try to get a sense for where the player is mentally themselves and hopefully they'll be honest enough with you to to tell you about the the insecurities that they are mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then you can deal with it before they work, walk on the court. Um, it's, you know, and then every now and again, you just get a sense where it's just not going to happen. And mm. and that's, that's a really rough place for mm-hmm. you to as a coach uh, to try somehow turn the mindset around somehow to unstick, Get them unstuck in, in 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 a place where they they you know pretty negative about their game and negative about uh, about their chances. And uh, you know, <laughs> if you can turn those situations around, you're really earning your money because. Uh, and 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 in those situations, I try to think outside the box and do things that are a little different. Um, you know, one year I had a player that was very stuck in a bad place, and uh, and and just made him go and walk in the wilds <laughs> uh, uh, for for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. without a phone, and just said, "Go walking, be with nature, and come back and see how you feel."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that somehow broke the spell, and 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 uh, he performed well. Uh, I've had another situation where, where a player was playing, a very very big player on a big court. In, I mean, first time on a huge court, very very nervous, mm-hmm. and I took her around the court early in the morning before anybody got there, just mm-hmm. to get a feel for the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I sat her down, you know, on the side of the court there, and and talked to her about what she's achieved to get there and the fact Mm -hmm. that she's earned the right to be there. And then the other perspective I gave her, is, I said, you do realize that what you're going to experience today is something that, you know, you can't buy. Billionaires could want this experience and they can't have it. Mm -hmm. Something you have to earn. Mm -hmm. If you've earned it, you, you know, you, you are going to experience something that, you know, every tennis player who doesn't ever get to experience this will have dreamed about, and you will have dreamed about it. And, and you know, millions of others would give anything to experience this. So mm-hmm. whatever happens, at least your tennis has gotten good enough to have this experience. Yeah. And if you think further, though, if you're thinking like this is going to be your only experience of this, then I think that's also not the place to be because you want to feel in your head that this is the first of many. Because if if you're feeling like it's the only time you're going to experience this, then you're basically saying that today is the pinnacle of my career and it's all downhill from here. Or you're going to say, today is the pinnacle of my career so far, Mm -hmm. beginning of a lot more.
0: Exactly. I mean, by the way, often if today is the pinnacle of your career, it could also mean tomorrow or the next day is the pinnacle of your career. If you're in the third round of Wimbledon, for example, and that's the furthest you've ever been, um, what I what I've just written down is a couple of words or or, or three or four words regarding some of the things you've just said. I, I was really interested in in the in the honesty and the frankness that a player maybe needs to have of going, I am very nervous, even just saying the words. I again coming back to my driving test, I think I tried to suppress and it didn't make it any better. You yeah. know, it was it was the second test when I just said, Yeah, I am anxious. I, I want to pass and I want to get this over and done with. And I think it, it helped me. Relax a bit, and and I think that that perhaps as well, David, is there also an element of going? This is normal to be nervous. That actually, sometimes we don't think it's normal to be, you know, to be like this. But actually, you know, most it's abnormal to be like Novak Djokovic, uh, if you like. Even Wrong. Raf Wrong. go on, tell, me. tell
1: Novak, me. Novak will get just as nervous. Okay, this is the thing: is you know, the best players in the world, their confidence comes from not the fact that they're not going to be nervous. Their confidence comes from the fact that they know that I've been nervous many, many times like this mm-hmm. and I know exactly how to deal with it. Very and good. And I know how to deal with it, I know I will be able to put a good level out there no matter how nervous I am. Yeah. And that I, is the place where yeah. you try to get players to where they accept the nerves, but they're so confident that however they're feeling out there, they will still be able to put a level out there that really performs well, uh, and despite the nerves, and that's yeah. where the best in the world have gotten. Is that it doesn't matter how nervous they are, they know how to handle it, and they will still put a, a very good level out there. So they they're not afraid of the nerves. In fact, uh, I think it was Matthew Pinsent, the row, who said that you know. I started to look at nerves like part of the furniture. If I didn't have them, I would have really worried.
0: Yeah. So it's a case of embracing them, I, I, I guess, and accepting them uh, uh, or, or just just know I've, I've been nervous before and I've won tennis matches whilst being nervous. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the opponent is not sitting there unnervous.
0: Right. That reminder. <laughs> they're, yeah.
1: They, they they're very nervous too. So yeah. it, it, it's, you know, you're going out there to see who handles the nerves the best. Yeah. And whoever handles the nerves the best is probably going to, to come out on top because the standards are very, very, very close. Um, and everybody has the odd match where they just can't shake the nerves because you, normally the nerves are really there. Warm up, it gets a little better. After the first two or three games, players settle down and then they just play and the nerves go... And then they only come back in the, you know, in the crucial moments, you know, four all 30, 40, you know, you're going to be a little tight, but you know, in between they, they, they get on just play. I think where you get the amazing matches is when players go beyond nerves and they just fighting and playing, you know, both of them in, in the zone and no matter how, you know, tight the match is, they're so tuned in that that they just both play their best tennis. And mm. we've seen some of the classic matches where the tennis under pressure gets better and better because mm. they're keyed in, and the desire is so high, and the adrenaline's pumping, and and it, all these things in the right way. And these are just phenomenal contests because it actually then just comes down to the, 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 the artistry of both players. And, and I do think when, when it gets to that place and that sort of flow, it is like art. You know, it is like, like a dance between <laughs> two players and the unforced error count is very low. And, uh, and I think people in the stadium can feel that. Yeah, when a team is flowing when players are flowing, and and that that is what we all aspire to in our lives to have those periods where everything's just flowing amazingly well, and uh, and it's it, it's it's just awesome to watch.
0: There were a few matches that have raced through my head in the last five minutes. I'm thinking third set between Rafa and Novak at the French Open. You talk about being in the zone and just phenomenal levels, just getting higher and higher. Of course, Rafa and Roger at, at the 2008 Wimbledon final. But even that final was laced with nerves from both players at various points, particularly Rafa, who was trying to win his first Wimbledon, I think. And... Um, there was oh yeah there was something else as well from which is going to augment what you were saying about you know having been there and, and been anxious before and got over the line. I I spoke to Irina Sabalenko in a press conference a few weeks ago, and I I said oh there was a few coincidences today between the Madrid final and the final that she'd had in Australia and I, and I said by the way it was two hours twenty seven minutes up in both or something like that yeah. and I said um, I said and by the way four championship points does that sound familiar to you. And she laughed and she said, yeah. And I said, were you thinking Were you thinking about the Australian Open final in that last game in, in Madrid against Iga? And she said, "Funny enough, yeah, I was. I was thinking, you know, I think she was 30-40 down in that game as well. And uh, and she obviously was facing break points as well, I think, against Sabalenko, And she just said it, yeah, it all came back to me. It's like, I- I've been here before. It's okay. Um, I, You know, if I can win Australia for championship points, facing break points, trying to serve it out, I'm sure I can win Madrid, you know, and, um, and that kind of, that kind of thing of, of you, as you saying, it's okay, it, it's, it, it's all right. Um, I've been here before, and and I'm sure I'll be here again. And, and I think that does, that certainly helps. Um, there was one other th- match that raced through my head, actually, probably over the last half an hour, but at various points, I think it was when you said, you know, there's just sometimes when it's just, you know, it's just so the 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 anxiety is just too much, and you know, it's just and one the match I'm thinking of is go on.
1: Are you going to pick Djokovic Medvedev U.S. Open final?
0: No, but I do. Yeah. I think that's a good candidate because. You're right. And that's probably when you were thinking of that 10 minutes ago when you went, wait, on Novak being calm and, and cool and collected. Because yeah. you're right. He's punching his leg at one point in that second set because he, he just can't get his, his legs moving. And yeah. I think that's probably quite interesting. The match I was going to mention, David, Jana Novotna, Steffi Graf with that oh, breakup. Yeah. Yes, it's, yes. I, yes. I cannot watch. I cannot watch the, the, the five or 10-minute documentaries and clips. I haven't found the full match. But I cannot watch the five or 10 minute clips of her career, if you like, without, you know, welling up because that that loss that she had to Steffi Graf, a double breakup, 40, 30. She double faults. I, I David, do you ever even look at the manner of the fault when it's like two meters out? That's like a,
1: there's
0: I don't know. That's how it is for me as a fan. And she goes yeah. about two meters out on one of her serves. I'm thinking, oh, dear.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do sometimes look at the manner, but if you're actually there live, you can feel it. You can feel the tension. You can feel that this is something's going wrong right now. And that's a a, a, that's a horrible feeling if, if it's your player. It's a pretty good feeling uh, if it's the opponent that you suddenly see you know,
0: and Steffi, Steffi felt it. I'm sure. Oh, she, 100%, 100%. and she gets better. It helps her. You know. I mean, oh. yeah, yeah that's I mean, that's you, the you, vicious...
1: you, you suddenly feel them them go. I think uh, uh, another match that comes to mind is uh, Agassi Todd Martin. Okay. Um, he was uh, two sets to love, four one down. This
0: is Agassi, is it? Was 4-1 down, two sets? To yeah, up down?
1: 2 sets love, 4-1 down. I mean, I'm,
0: I'm guessing, just because of the magnitude of the two players, I don't know the match you're talking about. But it as soon as you... Answer. Okay, and I'm guessing yeah. Todd Martin goes on to lose, does he?
1: Yeah, and, and Agassi sat on the change, I actually thought, and said, you know, uh, this guy's blown a 5-1 lead in a final. Mm. Uh, sorry, in a semi-final before uh, against Malibu, Washington in the mm-hmm. fifth set.
0: Okay. Was that the year yeah. him and Stich probably contested the final? Was it him and Stich? Oh, no, no.
1: The, the final then was... Uh, oh, Richard Kajic. Uh, Kajic beat... Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, won that one. And and Agassi said he actually thought on the changeover, you know, just hang in. Let's see if I can be here for another half an hour and see mm-hmm. what it's like then. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Todd Martin started to wobble. And and you could feel the whole momentum switch happen. Mm. So you know, so it's happened to really you know world class players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, there's very I, I, I don't, there's probably not a player on the planet. There isn't a player on the planet who's not experienced the meltdown, uh, either. You know, benefiting from it or or, or creating the, the opportunity for the other player. But that's why you know sport no matter how much data we get no matter how much sports science no matter how much happens the the reason why people are always going to love sport is the human element that you cannot take out and that human element is where all the drama lives and you know it it it's it's very frustrating sometimes as a coach and obviously for a player but equally you have to be respectful of it because that is what makes sport wonderful otherwise if the best players always perform to their best they they would win all the time and and yeah. it wouldn't be interesting the, the you know the the idea that there can be an upset is is what makes sport you know, fantastic, and uh, you know, I mean, the other meltdown that you bring to mind is a totally different sport. Uh, Greg Norman six shots up on Nick Faldo. I
0: remember that. Would that be? I think that was probably ninety six because I was doing yeah. my GCSEs on Nick Faldo. Yeah,
1: that was uh, that was painful to watch. I mean, every now and again, there's a meltdown that is actually hard to watch because yeah. you know we it, it it's almost. You know, I haven't experienced, but I, I'd say it almost is teetering on the edge of a nervous breakdown.
0: Yeah, uh, the 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 thing is though, when you see a meltdown or, or, or unfortunately, the the loss of of, of nerve or, or or momentum like Todd Martin had. Um, in a way it's kind of worse because at least Greg Norman won a few majors, you know, and, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I'm just trying to think of, I mean, that, that's the thing back to the beauty of that story of Jana Novotna. Thank goodness yeah, she, she did was. get over the line five years later um, because she also lost another Wimbledon final, but, but yeah. that, I, I I can't think of a more famous example in, in tennis anyway, of, of a, of a, of a starker example, I should say, than, than that of just and, and you can I think it's because we can empathize as well so, I mean we've never been in a Wimbledon final but we all imagine what it would be like and we all we can 98% of the people in the crowd are sort of feeling it as you say and probably 100% actually yeah. and um yeah it's just uh, I mean the other golfing example there was a French guy who sort of you, your, your mind starts doing unusual thing the French guy who dived into the water um yeah. the open yeah, uh, yeah. um
1: yeah. Yeah, or something. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. I, I can't remember Alex. his
0: name right now, but but yeah, um, uh, uh, um that would have been ninety nine. I think. Walter,
1: who when uh, when Tom Watson was leading the open at 57 years of age and chasing him was um he's finished in the top 3 5 so many times. Uh great British golfer from Namibia Cup Woosnan keeps coming into my head but it's not Woosnan okay. it's um and he was so intent on 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 what Watson was doing he didn't uh he didn't really focus on his his own golf and and missed the opportunity and somebody else won it and and Montgomery the same thing Cole Montgomery at the US Open was so worried about Mickelson and the chasing behind that he that uh, somebody in the clubhouse won it because both him and Mickelson melted down.
0: I'm just so. wondering: did, did Mickelson ever? Win? I'm not a huge golf fan, but I remember yeah, that Greg Norman example. Did Mickelson win a major?
1: Oh, he's won six,
0: but, but oh, okay.
1: Uh, I remember him Montgomery, trying to get over the Montgomery never won one.
0: Yeah, I oh. know Montgomery. I mean, actually, again, he, we talk about classic examples. He's probably yeah. the one in, and yet, and and yet, David, and, and maybe this brings us back to tennis to some extent we would see Montgomery in a team environment thrive yeah. under that kind of impression. And that's really interesting how we, you know, I, I mean, it, we, we need a bit more, uh, what's the word, a few more examples, but we see someone like Belinda Bencic doing yeah. very well for Switzerland and then suddenly like this. And 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 maybe certain players in a team environment are very cool with with carrying the team and helping the team. And uh, uh, David, some what's something I sometimes think about and I know, I know. Again, I'm a human being. I'm not a, a professional tennis player, and and unfortunately, I think at 43, probably have missed that boat. Um, is is sometimes I try to just think a, a, a bit positive rather than. I, I know this sounds a bit corny, but rather than. Oh no! What happens if I miss? I'm thinking about pool, by the way, or snooker. Now, what happens when I, if I miss this shot? Sometimes I just try to think about oh, what, 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 what's the what's the thinking about if I get it in? If I if I win this point, if I if I get yeah. this, and I know it's it's a very subtle difference and easier said than done. But sometimes I do think to myself, this will be pretty cool if I get this pretty tricky shot in.
1: What what I sometimes say to players is, you know, a point is a fifty fifty. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, the, the person serving, okay, has the advantage only until you've hit a, a good return. But if you if you hit a good return, then the point is 50-50. Um, why not give both sides of the, or matches 50-50? Why feel like, the the negative result has a bigger chance than the positive result literally give the positive result the same respect as you do a negative result that you know it it, the match is 50 50 so be positive that you know why can't the positive side happen you know the negative time can happen and the positive side can happen so at worst be 50 percent yes about it because yeah. uh you know don't don't be 80 percent negative and 20 percent positive well that's it folks for another episode of david samuel's nuggets i hope you enjoyed it and i will speak to you again next week as usual please follow me on spotify apple podcast and google and check out the show notes where you can sign up to my newsletter. Goodbye, and let's speak again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.